Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Beeps. I'm your host, Jennifer Landa, and today's show is going to be a little different. If you're familiar with the show, you know that I like when things get a little weird in the galaxy. Maybe it's a Halloween spirit coursing through my veins, but for this episode, I wanted to shine the spotlight on the spooky side of Star Wars. There are plenty of things in the saga films that I found terrifying as a child. The dark side cave on Dagobah, the emperor's wrinkly prune face, and according to my mom, I hid under my seat during a scene in Return of the Jedi. She doesn't recall which part that was that frightened me, but I am sure it wasn't those adorable murder bears with eyes that didn't blink. I'm actually not a big horror fan, but I do love suspense and a little gore. So I dug into the Star Wars archives to find a spine-tingly story that's very appropriate for this spooktacular month. In the late 1990s, Star Wars released a series of books under the title Galaxy of Fear. The Galaxy of Fear novels were geared towards young adults and were written by John Whitman. If you liked R.L. Stein's Goosebumps books, these were the Star Wars equivalent of them. The first book in the series, Eaten Alive, isn't particularly scary, but the second book, titled City of the Dead, is pretty frightening, in my opinion. 
I actually got creeped out one late evening when I was reading it, heard some noises in my house, freaked me out. But you know, I'm a big wimp when it comes to these kinds of stories. For today's show, I am going to read an excerpt from the book because A, it's fun for Halloween, and B, I think that it shows how a Star Wars story could be turned into a horror film that could appeal to both 12-year-olds and adults. Plus, there's a couple cameos from characters you will know, so that makes it extra fun too. So grab your flashlight and sleeping bag because we are journeying to the city of the dead. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we begin, let me catch you up to speed on where we are in this story. City of the Dead stars four main characters. Tash Aranda, a Force-sensitive girl who is around 13 years old. Her younger brother, Zach Aranda, an adventurous boy who is about 11 or 12. And their uncle, Hool, who is a shape-shifting anthropologist. And their research droid, DV-9, also known as DV. Tash and Zach were born on Alderaan and were on a field trip off-planet when their homeworld was destroyed by the Empire. Unfortunately, their parents were on the planet when it was destroyed. The kids were later adopted by their Uncle Hul, who was only their uncle by marriage, so there's not much of a relationship there. Tash and Zach don't know much about their uncle, including his first name, and even though he's an anthropologist, he's very secretive about his work. 
and also knows some shady characters in the galaxy. Our story begins when the group lands on the planet Necropolis looking for a new starship. The planet is known for its massive cemetery, and they quickly learn that the Necropolitans have many traditions around old superstitions. One such person is a guy named Pylum, whose duty is to make sure the old ways are kept alive so that the ancient curse of Sycorax does not fall on Necropolis. The legends say that centuries ago, a witch named Sycorax lived in Necropolis. She claimed to have the power to bring back the dead. The people accused her of being a fake, so they killed the witch's son and told her to bring him back to life. Instead of bringing her son back, Sycorax died of a broken heart. Right before she died, she cursed the entire planet, saying that if anyone on Necropolis ever ignored the dead, the dead would rise up to take revenge. Ever since then, Pylum tells the crew that the Necropolitans have been very careful to keep the dead happy. Pylum is very serious in his duty of keeping the dead happy, but a young boy named Chiron doesn't believe all the hype. He and Zack become fast friends, and after they have dinner together, Chiron whispers to Zack that he and his friends have something planned later on. Wink, wink. Later that evening, Zack asks his sister what she thinks about the Necropolitans believing the dead come back to life. Tash tells him, it's just a legend, but then she realizes what he's really asking. Could their dead parents come back? She tells him, Zack... I miss mom and dad as much as you do, but you can't think that just because of an old superstition they might actually come back. I know it's hard to think about, but they're gone. How do we know? Zack retorted. Tash could be frustrating. We weren't there. I didn't tell you my whole dream last night, he confessed. When I saw mom, she also asked me something. She asked, why did you leave us behind? Tash, it was like we abandoned them. Stop it, Zack. We didn't abandon them. They were killed by the Empire. The whole planet was. And as much as we hate it, we have to accept that Mom and Dad are gone. They are not coming back. But they did come back. That night, as soon as Zack drifted off to sleep, Zack again found himself in his bed in his room on Alderaan. He turned his head, and looking out the window, he saw the darkness of space dotted with stars. He heard the sound of someone rapping at the transparent steel window. Zack tried to sit up but couldn't. A great weight pressed down on his chest, pinning him in place. A pale figure floated into the window's view. It was his mother again. Behind her, another figure floated. His father, his short hair bobbing in the vacuum of space. Their dead skin hung from their lifeless bones, but their mouths moved in a slow, haunting drawl. Zack, why did you leave us behind? I didn't, he said hoarsely. I thought you were dead. You left us behind! Their arms banged against the window pane until it shattered inward with a crash. The two ghostly images floated through the opening. Zack struggled to rise, but he was paralyzed. As they approached, Zack's nostrils filled with the smell of slowly decaying flesh. The corpse's skin was wrinkled and cracked from exposure to the icy cold of space. Their eyes were no more than black holes in their skulls. Mom, he whispered. Dad, I'm sorry. Go with us, Zack, his father moaned. So 
Come with us. The horrible image of his father bent close to him, whispering, Come with us. Zack woke with a start. The image of his dead parents vanished. It was a dream, he said quickly to himself. His window wasn't broken. There was nothing there. It was only a dream. Zack almost screamed as something banged against his window again. Zack waited. There were no more crashes. He finally took a deep breath and trying to be brave, went over to the transparent steel window and peeked out. There were no monsters or zombies outside. Instead, Zack saw Chiron and a group of boys getting ready to hurl some more stones at his window. Finally letting his breath out, Zack pressed a button and the automatic window unsealed, letting in the cool night air. He leaned out. Chiron waved and laughed when he saw Zack. Sorry about that. I figured you'd want to come with us. Where? Zack asked. Some friends and I are having a little midnight adventure. Into the graveyard, Chiron said. Care to join us? Unless, of course, you know, you're too scared. Zack couldn't resist a taunt like that. Wait there. I'm right behind you. Throwing on some clothes, Zack tiptoed out of his room. He went quietly past the rooms of Tash and Uncle Hool. At the end of the hall, he froze. There was Devi, sitting in a chair at the top of the stairs. The bionic babysitter, Zack muttered. Looks like this one will be a short trip. But as he crept closer, Zack realized that Devi had shut himself down for the night. He would not power up unless someone came in range of his sensor field, activating his systems. The field only reached a half meter out from the droid's metal body, but Zack still had no desire to get caught by the sarcastic droid while trying to sneak out. Better not risk it, he thought. There was always a window. Zack's room was two levels up from the ground, but the building was covered in elaborate, ghoulish carvings. He started down, using the heads, arms, and claws of the carved monsters as a weird ladder. He stuck his hand into the roaring jaw of a six-legged beast and quietly called down to Chiron. What are these carvings? Just more legends, Chiron said, holding out his arms ready to catch Zack. The statues are supposed to frighten away evil spirits. If you ask me, they make better handholds. On the ground, Chiron introduced Zack to a small group of necropolitans all about his age. So this is the off-worlder that shoved you, huh? One of them said to Chiron. He doesn't look so brave to me. Yeah, teased another. I bet he's an easy scare. Zack was annoyed. Are you joking? After the last planet I was on, this place is like a vacation. That's just what we wanted to hear, said Chiron. He lowered his voice to a conspiratorial whisper. But before you can join our group, there's a little test you have to pass. Yeah, we're particular about who joins our group, said another. Most people in Necropolis say they don't believe the old legends, but they're still scared of their own shadows, Chiron continued. At the landing pad, you proved you were a little brave, but... We need to make sure. Zack scowled. What kind of test? Come on, we'll show you. Chiron led the group of Necropolitan boys down the winding streets of the Dark City. Zack followed eagerly. He was on a new planet, walking through a gloomy alien city in the middle of the night with a group of boys he had only just met, but he felt at home for the first time in months. Zack had lost all his friends when Alderaan was destroyed. Uncle Hole had hardly talked to him. Devi was all right, but he wasn't the kind of friend who would help you climb out of your bedroom window in the middle of the night. Tash, Zack had to admit, could be a good friend sometimes, but she was his sister. So in his book, she didn't really count. 
But these boys, especially Chiron, reminded Zack of his own group back on Alderaan. Now, for the first time in half a year, Zack felt like he had a chance to have some real fun. He decided instantly that he was going to make the most of it. By the time they reached their destination, Zack was laughing and joking with Chiron like they were old friends. This is it, Chiron said as they stopped in front of a huge, black, wrought iron gate. Zack couldn't see beyond the thick mist of Necropolis. What is it? One of the other boys said ominously. It's the cemetery. The boneyard, Chiron added. Sacred ground, said another in his best imitation of Pylum. They all laughed. But Zack was too awestruck to smile. The cemetery was enormous. Beyond the black gates, row upon row of gravestones stretched on forever into the darkness. It's huge, he whispered. That's a true necropolis, Karen said. The city of the dead. It's the most popular place in town, one of the others joked. Everyone goes there. Eventually, Zack asked. You mean everyone's buried here? It must be crowded. I suppose, but so far no one's complained, Chiron said laughing. Here's the challenge. You have to go into the graveyard in the dead of the night and stand on a grave in the middle of the cemetery. Go in there? Zack asked hoarsely. He peered through the gate, imagining the rows of dead stacked just below the ground. Sure, Chiron said. What have you got to lose? His nerve, one of the others teased. Zack considered. If I accepted... What else do I have to do? Chiron grinned. Not much, just get to the middle of the cemetery and back. Zack peered through the iron gates. The mist made it hard to see. Through the drifting clouds of gray fog, he could just barely make out the first line of headstones in the darkness. Maybe he's too scared after all, said one of the boys. I'm not scared, Zack insisted. The mist is so thick, he thought, that they'll hardly be able to see me ten meters beyond the gate. How will they know how far I've gone? It's a bet, he said with a gleam in his eye. Good, Chiron said. All you have to do is go in and follow any path. They all lead to the center of the graveyard where you'll see a large tomb. That's the crypt of the ancients. According to legend, that's where they buried the Sycorax and her son. Pick any of the graves around the crypt, stand right on top of it, and then come back. The wrought iron gate was locked. Zack watched in amazement as one of Chiron's smallest friends managed to squeeze through the bars of the gate. He went to a control panel on the inside wall and pressed some buttons. The gates swung open with a mournful squeal. Zack was about to step in when his new friend stopped him. Oh, I almost forgot, Chiron said with a grin. You'll need this. He handed Zack a small dagger. What for? You have to stick it in the ground in the middle of a grave near the Crypt of the Ancients. Tomorrow morning, we'll go and see if it's there. You know, for proof. So much for his plan. Zack shivered. He looks scared, someone teased. Just cold, Zack lied. Here, take this. Chiron gave Zack his thick cloak. And you'll need this too. He handed Zack a tiny glow rod to use for light. Zack wrapped the heavy cloak around his shoulders and took a step into the graveyard, holding the glow rod in front of him. Its light barely penetrated the rolling mist. Row after row of tombstones vanished into the darkness before him. He took a few more steps. The headstones looked like a miniature city. The city of the dead. 
Good luck, Karen whispered behind him. Oh, and watch out for the bone worms. Bone worms? Zach hissed. What are bone worms? Nothing really, Karen chuckled. Just wriggling creatures that come out of the ground. They'll suck the marrow from your bones if you stay still too long. The iron gate slammed shut behind Zack. Zack looked around. He stood at the edge of the graveyard, which stretched out before him into the misty dark. Winding among the headstones, Zack saw several flagstone paths. The paths of the dead, Zack said to himself. He stopped to look at the nearest grave marker. There were words carved on it in a language he couldn't read, but Zack could guess what it said. He whispered, Here lies someone's loving mother, laid to rest by her adoring family. Hmm. Zack bit his lip. His parents had never been laid to rest. Maybe that's why they were haunting him. Maybe that's why his parents had visited him twice in his dreams. He was sure they would visit him again. Were they angry at him because he wasn't with them when they died? Because he and Tash hadn't given him a proper burial? That's what the Necropolitans believed. But how could we? He thought. The whole planet was destroyed. Zack's brain knew that, but his heart didn't. His heart was full of guilt because he had not been able to give his parents a funeral. He hadn't had a chance to say goodbye. The Necropolitans are right, he thought. If you don't give the dead the respect, they do come back to haunt you. A muffled, crunching noise made Zack jump. He looked around but saw nothing in the dark. He shivered and stopped to pull the heavy cloak tight around his shoulders. He had to get this over with and stop thinking about such creepy things. Zack wasn't a thinker like Tash was. She read everything she could get her hands on, especially about the mysterious Jedi Knights. She talked about philosophy and even believed in a mystical power called the Force. Zack preferred to think with his hands was a born tinkerer. He would take apart a repulsor lift just to see if he could put it together again. When he wasn't building things, he was pulling daredevil stunts in the hollow gym or on a skimboard. Maybe the stunts are getting a little out of hand, he thought, looking around the deserted cemetery. The crunching sound came from directly beneath his feet. Zack jumped almost a meter into the air. He looked down just in time to see a gleaming, slimy, white shape wriggle into the ground right where he had been standing. Boneworms. He remembered Chiron's warning and decided not to stand in one place for too long. As he continued along the path, Zack admitted to himself what he had hinted to Tash. He had been skeptical of Tash and her all-powerful force, but he wanted to believe in the powers of the Witch of Necropolis, and he hoped the Necropolitans were right. Then maybe his mother and father could come back. And then he'd be able to see them and say goodbye. That was the real reason Zack had come to the graveyard. Despite the cobblestone path, Zack soon found himself lost in a maze of tombs and graves. The cemetery seemed to go on forever. Now and then, Zack thought of turning back. But he didn't want to face the teasing his new friends would give him. And he knew that he wouldn't be able to rest until he had at least tried the thing he was planning. He walked for what seemed like an hour, but with all the twists and turns, he doubted that he was more than a half a kilometer from the iron gates. Just as he was about to give up, he turned yet another corner and found himself before an enormous crypt. Its face was carved with rows of horned creatures that looked like great dragons, their leering faces warning him to stay away. A massive iron door was set in the wall of the crypt. 
Oddly enough, there was a strong lock on the outside of the door, as though the Necropolitans were trying to keep someone, or something, inside. This has got to be the place, Zack said to the darkness. The Crypt of the Ancients. He stood before the iron door and took a deep breath. Um, excuse me, he said out loud. He felt foolish, but so what? He'd do anything to bring his parents back. My name is Zacharanda. I'm not from Necropolis. I don't know if that matters. But my parents are gone, and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. As he spoke, the feeling of foolishness was replaced by something else. Hot tears welled up in his eyes. It's not fair that they were taken away from us. Especially not like that. We didn't even get a chance to see them, and, and now I miss them so much. I'd give anything to be able to see them again just once. Not the way I see them in my nightmares. I mean, I really see them and talk to them. That's why I came here. If you really were a witch, if you really did have the power to bring back the dead, this is for a good cause. So, won't you help me? Please? He waited. Nothing happened. The iron door remained as solid and cold as a moment before he spoke. Stupid idea. Zack felt foolish once again. He sniffed back his last tear, thinking like something like this would work. Next thing you know, you'll be muttering about the Force and wishing you were a Jedi like Tash. Zack remembered the bet with his friends. He looked around and saw that there were several smaller graves around the Crypt of the Ancients. He walked over to one and pulled out the small knife Chiron had given him. He hesitated for a moment when he realized that he would have to stand on the grave to stick the knife into the ground. What would it be like to stand on a grave? Zack took one careful step onto the burial plot. Was it his imagination? Or did the ground seem softer, squishier? It's your imagination, he told himself. Still, how would he feel if someone stood on his grave? I wouldn't feel anything, he told himself. Zack took another step. Now he was standing right on the grave. He couldn't help but imagine that his weight was pushing down on the ground, which was pushing down on a coffin, squeezing a lifeless body less than two meters beneath his feet. He waited, his heart pounding. Nothing happened. Of course nothing happened, he thought. You're being ridiculous. Shrugging off his fear, Zack raised the knife high into the air, hesitated for just a moment, and then plunged the knife into the ground. For a moment, Zack froze again. He heard a muffled sound below him. He turned quickly, ready to run. Just as he did, a long, low moan rose up from beneath his feet. The ground shuddered and a hand reached up through the dirt. The moment he saw the gnarled white hand, Zack yelled in terror and started to run. He took only a few steps before he saw the ground in front of him also tremble. Clots of soil shot up as wriggling arms forced their way to the surface, followed by the ghastly, grinning faces of two zombies. They twitched violently, but with every spasm, they crawled farther out of the holes into which they'd been placed. Like Zack's nightmare vision of his parents, the creature's pale skin hung limply from their bones. A few thin strands of dead gray hair clung to the sides of their heads. 
Inside one of the monster's slack jaw, Zack could see a thick tongue lying like a dead worm. Zack was so frightened by the two undead creatures before him that he'd forgotten about the first one. When he tried to run, he felt something incredibly strong grab the hem of his cloak, holding him back. Let go of me! He shouted, wriggling free of the cloak. He let it fall to the ground behind him as he ran for his life. Zack ran so fast that soon he had left the zombies behind, swallowed up in the great fog bank that hung over the cemetery. He had lost them. Unfortunately, he had lost himself too. Zack was no longer on the path he had taken to the Crypt of the Ancients. He didn't know which way to turn. All he could see were rows of headstones. There were thousands of them. Even worse, Zack had no idea when another dead body might spring out of its grave to grab him. Zack's heart was racing. He couldn't believe what he'd just seen. It was impossible, but it had happened. The dead had risen. Three people had dug themselves out of their own graves. Could I have caused it? He wondered. Have I offended the dead? Whether he had caused it or not, Zack wanted out of the cemetery. Help! He shouted. Someone help! A distant voice returned his cry. Zack ran toward the sound of the crying voice. Who's there? He called out. Where are you? He heard the voice cry out again and thought he recognized it as Chiron's. Chiron had come to help him. Zack hurried toward the sound, keeping an eye out for any more of the terrifying creatures. They didn't seem to move very quickly, but he didn't want to end up in that cold, powerful grip again. Chiron? Chiron, is that you? Zack, where are you? Chiron's voice came from out of the mist. Here, here, he called. Where are you? I'm over... Chiron's shout was cut off with a strangled cry. Chiron! Zack ran even faster, forgetting where he was, and vaulted over headstones as he raced to where he thought his friend must be. A figure materialized out of the fog. For a fraction of a second, Zack's heart skipped a beat. Another zombie? But the figure wasn't moving. It was about Chiron's size and shape, and it slumped against a large, rounded headstone. Chiron? Is that you? Zack said as he slowed to a halt. The mist was so thick that he could hardly see the figure's face. He peered closer. The eyes were wide with horror. The mouth was open, and something red dripped from one corner. Kyron! Zack yelled. He's dead, a hard voice said. And it looks like you're next. Zack whirled around. There was a brutally scarred face he recognized from the hologram image Boba Fett had shown them face of Dr. Evison, also known as Dr. Dr. Death. Death. What a cliffhanger. I loved this book. It was so much fun to read. If you want to know what happens next, what Dr. Evison does to our hero, what he's up to on this planet, if Zack survives, be sure to read this book, Galaxy of Fear, City of the Dead by John Whitman. I checked out my copy from my local library, but I did see the series on Amazon, so there is that. If you want to check me out, you can find me on Twitter at Jennifer Landa, hashtag happy beeps. Uh, you can also find me on my Facebook page, Instagram, YouTube as Jennifer Landa. Special thanks 
to the master, the maestro, Tony Thaxton for creating our awesome Happy Beeps theme songs. You can check out his page at patreon.com slash cloudcitysoundtrack. He can write a Star Wars song for you, maybe even a spooky Star Wars song. Why not? And as always, if you want to find out how you can support what we do here at Force Center, be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Center. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, beep, bop. <laughs>